We're going to be in John chapter 10, if you have your Bibles with you today. And before we jump into that, everyone say Wednesday. Wednesday. So this Wednesday at 6.30, we, we have our encounter, which is a night of worship and prayer. Um, we decided to add those. We wanted to add those last year, but then we had that whole pandemic thing. But uh, So we're, we're able to implement them this year, so we're having a night of worship. You can save your seat on our website. We'd love to see you there. Um, we feel like that God is just going to show up in a big way and because he has been. And so we want to just keep that momentum of encountering God's presence through worship and through prayer. So if you're just joining us, a few weeks ago, we had a prophetic presbytery here, which is where people came and gave encouraging words to our congregation, some of the leadership in our church. Last week, we talked about, well, what does that mean? If someone speaks to me or, or gives a word to me or, or something that feels like they're from the Lord, and they say, what do we do with that? So we talked about that first. There's some criteria for that. It must line up with the Bible. We should bounce that off of other you know, mature believers who can help us process that. We should discern how do we apply it, trust God with the outcome of it, let it continue to speak in your life and continue pondering it. That's really what we talked about last, last week. But I'm, I know that if God was someone who could speak to us and we could hear him, I, I'm confident that most people would say, yeah, I'd want to be able to hear God. So we're spending the next few weeks, we may pause next week because it's Vision Sunday, but we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about how to know the voice of God. And I, I, I hesitate to say the word hear because I think when we say hearing God, it creates an expectation that God communicates to us the way that we communicate to each other. And that can happen. He has done that. It's more of a knowing than an audible or physical hearing. And so we want to unpack over the next few weeks, how do you discern God's voice? And does he still speak? Today, I just want to lay a foundation of why God speaks. Why would our creator want to talk to us, the created? There are some reasons why. And Jesus uh, hints at those in John chapter 10. This is where he teaches us that his sheep know his voice. So today I want to just share four reasons why God talks to us, why, how God communicates to us. Why does he do that? Jesus reveals that to us in this parable of the sheep and the shepherd. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at four reasons of why God wants to talk. So bear with me over the next few weeks because I don't want you to feel like, all right, I think the takeaway will be like, now I know why God speaks, so how do I do it? We're going to get there. But today is just a trusting of laying a foundation to, to have this foundation so we can start recognizing God's voice. And we'll unpack the how in the next, in the next few weeks. So John... Chapter 10, verse 1. So very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. So let me pause right here and, and tell you what a Pharisee is. So Pharisees were the religious leaders in Jesus' day. There were Pharisees, there were Sadducees, um, and, the, and scribes. Those are the three kind of main camps of people who were the religious leaders of Jesus' day. The Pharisees overseeing you know, what was taking place in the temple. Um, with, with the Sanhedrin, they, over, they took care of the house of God in Jerusalem. So these were the, the people, the, they were like priests, and, and they listened to the Pharisees. They were religious people, but they had hang-ups with Jesus. They couldn't wrap their head around the healings. They couldn't wrap their head around him claiming to be God. They couldn't wrap their head around the teachings that he was giving them. And they 
they really viewed God as something that they controlled. They put in the box. They had them figured out. They had all the laws figured out. They knew how to do church. They knew how to uh, read the Bible and appropriate it. And if it didn't match up to the way they thought God should be moving, they rejected it. So they didn't think that Jesus spoke or they could, or that God spoke. So he's addressing this. He says, look, Pharisees, truly I tell you, Pharisees. Let me just say that today. There are still Pharisees today. There are religious people who've gotten figured out, got God figured out, all uh, tidy and knit and, and super presentable and packageable, all within the Bible. The Bible certainly is true. It's God's word to us. But they have no room for the supernatural. They have no room. Uh, if, if I can't define it, and, and, and label it, it's not God. When he's telling the Pharisees, you're wrong. And there's still, we still have religious people today that, that really are afraid to even maybe pre, just imagine that God may be speaking to them. So here's, here's what he says. Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs by some other way is a thief and a robber. Your view of God, Pharisees, is you're being robbed of his voice. Your view of God is you're missing out of what he has for you. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. This is Jesus. This is obviously Jesus. He's the shepherd. The sheep are his people. Christians who follow Jesus, we are his sheep. He says he is the, the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So I want to talk about how Jesus reveals God's heart behind speaking to us. And I'm going to unpack some Greek words today because I think it will give us a little more nuances to what Jesus is saying here. This word listen in the Greek means to hear to give an audience, to come to the ears and to understand. Jesus is saying, look, my sheep, they give audience to me. And because they'll listen, I'll speak and they'll understand. This word by name, and this is really where I want to drive it for a minute. By name in the Greek means to know absolutely with all of its implications. This is what this word, so it's not just saying, I know that this is Pablo or Sierra but he's saying like, no, I really know them. I know all the implications of them. I know the character. And I know them by heart. So we would, we would say it this way. How many of you uh, young people, well, would be all of us, all of us at some point in our adolescence or kids uh, would hear our parents use our middle name, right? What is it? It's like, why do we do that? Because we're saying, I know your character. And Michael James or Curtis Michael or Joseph, when you throw the middle name in, you're giving all the implications. You're communicating something about that moment. And Jesus, when he says, I know them by name, he's saying, I know all the implications. I know the very best about you. I know what I have for you. In fact, Revelation tells us there's a name that he has for you in heaven that you don't even know. It's something good about you. It's something true about you. And he says, I know them. This Greek has some other pieces to it. It says their name, their character, to understand them intimately. In other words, it's character described by name. 
He knows you. Why would God want to speak to us? He says, my sheep, listen, I lead them out and I call them by name. Number one reason why God wants to talk to you is really intimacy. He wants to build a relationship with you. It's not just one-way street, like, of course God knows me. He's God. No, it says we're listening to him, and he's calling us. There's this call that we hear that we are to respond to because he wants to know us in an intimate way. I think research shows most people believe in a God. But if we're honest, most of us think God's way off in the galaxy. He's way off somewhere in heaven. He's a very busy guy. There's big things going on in the universe. He's really not going to have time to talk to little old me. You're wrong. He knows you by heart. He knows your fingerprints. He knows your DNA. He knows every hair on your head. He wants to bring the best out of you. This is why Peter says that we are partakers of the divine nature of God. What I'm trying to say is God calls us into a relationship to cooperate with him. We are inviting into a life with God. He's very intricately involved in your life. The reason why he wants to talk to you is to give you identity, to give you purpose, to know him and him to know you. When we learn to know, to discern, perceive, encounter, or experience God's voice, it will satisfy your soul. All other voices are going to let you down eventually. Media will let you down. Our spouse will let us down. Friends will let us down. Uh, Social media will let you down. But the voice of the Holy Spirit never will. And it will satisfy your soul. And so much that he wants to know you. God wants to know you. No other religion does this. Not Islam. No other religion. Not New Age stuff. Not meditation. God wants to intimately talk to you and to speak to you. And this is what I love about our Father in Heaven. We are the created, obviously. He's the creator. But he's not just off on in a distance. He's not a distant God. Psalms 139 says he has thoughts towards us that are more than the grains of the sand of the sea. It tells us he bottles every one of our tears. When you cry, God weeps with you and he collects your tears. He wants to know you. And Jesus says this, I call them by name. And Jesus is telling us, I absolutely know my sheep in every implication of their life and heart. Goes on to say in verse 4, when he has brought out all his own, talking about the sheep, He goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I like this word better than hearing his voice, because hearing, we we set up earthly expectations of what that means, but it says we know his voice. So this word know in the Greek means to perceive with the mind or outward senses, to understand, to experience. I love that Jesus uses this Greek word because his voice is an experience. We know it. We encounter it. We perceive it. It says you perceive it with your mind. Now, this word voice in the Greek is the Greek word phone, which is where we get our English word phone. You hold a phone, but you don't see a person. 
but it is a phonic thing coming out that you hear in your ear and it speaks to you. This word means to emit a sound, to address, to call, a voice that brings light upon that which is a thought in the mind. So we experience his voice in our mind. It, it enlightens us through our thinking. This is how we hear the voice. And he said this, look, I go ahead of them, they follow. I go ahead of them, they follow because they know my voice. Number two reason why God would speak, number one is he wants to build a relationship with you. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him, his character. He wants to review what's best about you. Number two, to give you direction and clarity, which is why he's saying, I will go ahead of you, I will lead you, and you will follow, which means you'll have direction for your life. You'll have clarity for the things that you need clarity about because this is what he does. He uses, you know, Jesus is 2,000 years ago. It's agricultural culture. There were a lot of shepherds. Uh, there, there, it was a shepherd. Jesus, the Israel was a, a tribal shepherds. The thing about sheep and shepherds is they can actually have multiple shepherds will bring their sheep to a collective field or a place to pasture, and they all mix together. Different shepherds, different flocks. All these different shepherds and flocks, they'll come together, and they all get intermingled together in a field or in a pasture where they're eating. When that happens, when there's hundreds of sheep, a few shepherds, how does the sheep get pulled apart? Like, how do they, how do they unmix them? The voice. The sheep know their shepherd's specific voice. So there may be 10 shepherds and all 10 of their flock will come and graze in, in the, the pasture. But when it's time to go, the shepherd makes a yelling sound, a phonic sound. The sheep know that sound. Another shepherd could say it. They won't follow it. Which is why Jesus says they know my voice. And this voice is an experience of his Holy Spirit. It's a perceiving of his presence in our lives. And we know like, oh, I know that peace. I'm going to follow that thing. My grandmother, when I was a little kid, she had a white cat named Snowball. Pure white cat. Beautiful cat. And at nighttime, when Snowball would go out, grandma had a certain call to bring Snowball back in the, in, at nighttime. I mean, you probably have heard this uh, calling that your grandma or someone you did. Do you know it? Anyone know how to call a cat? Yeah, he knows it. It's here, kitty, 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 here, kitty, kitty. And I always thought, like, how, why does Snowball know grandma's voice, and why don't the other cats come? Because all the other moms and grandmas around the neighborhood are doing the same call that Pastor Jeff did. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. They know the voice of their master. It's the same way. There's all kinds of voices, all kinds of things speaking into our hearts, but there's only one voice that we are to know intimately. This is important because it's how we know what to follow. My mom had a cat named Beaver. I don't know why she named it. She said because it would make padding sounds with its paws like a beaver. I'm like, Mom, why would you name your cat Beaver? Uh, she, this is when she was a single mom living in an apartment. She had no phone, had no car. 
She would walk to the grocery store, but she had a cat. Well, the cat got lost and was gone for a couple of weeks, and she went around the neighborhood and stapled uh, pictures of beaver on telephone poles in different places. And one of the, the neighbor farmers uh, seen it and like, oh, that, that black cat, I think I know that. She called my grandma because it was my grandma's phone, that, uh, my mom, phone number that my mom gave out. Said, hey, I think I found your cat. I think it's been on my farm. So grandma drives out there, and it's just dusk, dusk time. She drives out there, and she's calling Beaver. She can see Beaver, but Beaver won't come. And she's like, I do think that's my daughter's cat, but it won't come. So she drives back into town, picks my mom up from her apartment, drives her back to the farmer, and now it's dark, and she can't see the cat, but my mom just calls its name Beaver and the cat starts running towards my mom, jumps up, spinning around, starts purring and, you know, rubbing on her like cats do. Uh, I don't know why people like cats. I'm a dog guy. Don't, don't judge me. <laughs> cat people are like, ugh. Yeah. Your butt like, yeah, but you're using a cat for an illustration. <laughs> cats are more superior. Anyway, so listen. The cat didn't come when the farmer called. The cat wouldn't come when grandma called. It was when my mom called her because it knew her. This is Jesus' heart for us. He's revealing, one, you, you can know me, and I can know you, know you by name. You, not only does he know our implications, but we can know God's character. And two, he wants to guide our life. He wants to give guidance. And you're asking, how does that work? We're going to get to that in the next few weeks. But listen. When you begin to understand and know, perceive, experience, encounter God's voice, it will satisfy you. And you're going to know which way to go in life. You're going to have clarity. You're going to have direction. It says in verse 5, now he implements a different voice. Listen to this in, in, in verse 5. He says, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize, like, like, the, like Beaver couldn't recognize the farmer's voice. Beaver would not yield to grandma's voice, only to the hand that fed him, the hand that petted Beaver. Did not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech but the Pharisees did not understand what he's telling them. Religious spirit has a hard time believing this. Religious spirit has a hard time believing God would want to minister to me uh, through the Holy Spirit and speak to me and give guidance and to know me. It's, some, of us, some of us, even in this room, I, I imagine that you may be like, I'm not understanding what Mike is saying. So Jesus takes a different spin at it, says the same thing, but takes a different crack at it. Therefore, Jesus said again. All right, guys, let me say it. Let me tell you. Let me give a different spin to it. Very truly, I tell you, I'm the gate of the sheep and all who come before me are thieves and robbers. Now he's given some clarity to who the strange voice is. It's a thief and a robber. He's talking about the devil wants to destroy our life. But the sheep have not listened. It's heard it but not listened to them. How many remember, and maybe they didn't do this for most of you in the room, but I, I grew up in the, I went to school, and I was born in the 70s, went to school in the 80s. But I remember in kindergarten, officer friendly. Do they still do that? 
Not anymore. They're defunding them. Anyway. Whoa. That was funny. I don't care. That was funny. Come on. Come on. Lighten up. Can we not laugh anymore? Oh, no. <laughs> I grew up in the day, and police officer, officer friendly came in, and he started teaching us, and it was kindergarten. I remember I was like five or six years old. Kindergarten, stranger danger. Do you guys remember that phrase, stranger danger? So I'm kind of picking up on the concept. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Strangers are dangerous. Strangers are dangerous. My mom would pick me up from school, and this was back in the days when kindergartners just went for half a day. I don't even know if they do that. You don't even go to school anymore, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but this is way before Zoom. Anyway, so... Uh, Mom would pick me up from school. She was late one day, and I'm in the playground all by myself. All the other kids are gone. But there is this car parked over there, and I'm thinking about Officer Friendly. Like, that's not my mom's car. This is a stranger's car, maybe. I'm not sure. I need to go figure out if this is a stranger. So I walk up to the car, and I ask the nice woman in the car, like, are you a stranger? And she starts laughing like you are. She's like, no, you're safe, but you need to go back to the playground. So I went back to the playground and wait for your mother. So good parent. <laughs> I tell you that story because, you know, it's laughable, but Jesus is saying like, look, no, there is a voice. There is a strange voice. It's dangerous to her. Jesus called it a thief and a robber. You can hear three voices spiritually. You hear your own thoughts. That's your, your own thinking. You, you cannot say a word audibly, but your brain is always running. When you're awake, you're thinking. That's your voice. That's your knowing. That's your perceiving. Jesus said there's his voice, the shepherd's voice. We know that voice, or we learn to discern it. And we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. And then there's a strange voice. And so sometimes people are saying, I have all these bad thoughts, and I don't know why I have these bad thoughts. Is something wrong with me? no. You're hearing a strange voice. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian anymore. It just means the enemy is trying to steal. He's a thief and a robber. He's a liar. And he will start talking to you about your past. He will start talking to you about what, you, what you've done, telling you you're not good enough, telling you you're, you're broken, you're damaged goods, or whatever he's telling you. And Jesus says, do, he says, run away. He says, run away. Uh, kind of got an example for this. If you don't know, I used to, well, I still do. I still play. Is this on? Nope. All right. Well, there it is. A little out of tune, but I think you get it. If you know this song, if you know this song, you can clap along. If you really know it, you can sing along, all right? See, see if you know this. If you know it, do it with me. Sweet home. Oh, you know it better than the first Is that your song? Did you write that song? How did you know it? Listen, you're old. 
I heard some young people. Don't make, don't, make it a, don't make it about age. Come on now. Listen. You didn't write that song. Those aren't your lyrics. But you knew it. Did you notice I stopped singing? And you kept singing? This is what the enemy does. He just starts the melody. And then you start carrying on. It gets wings in your soul. And you'll start singing about your past. And you're like, oh, I know that tune. I'm going to sing it. And then he starts talking about your brokenness and the things you've done wrong and why you're not good enough, why you're not smart enough, why you're never going to get ahead. You're never going to get out of the depression. You're never going to get through that financial need. You're never, never, and it's the wrong voice. But all he does is start it. And then it takes off wings in our soul, and then we're just singing along with whatever he says. You know, God has a different song. The scriptures say he sings songs over us, and it's a song of deliverance. So when he starts whispering the lies, it's a thief, a robber, and a liar, and he's here to steal, kill, and destroy everything about our life, and that's the wrong voice to listen to. You do hear it, though. Don't be, don't be ashamed that you heard the The devil still speaks to me. I think the more we grow in faith and the more bigger things he calls us to, he starts shouting all the louder. He doesn't care that you got saved. He cares if you follow Jesus. He cares if you're really going to live out your faith and so he's going to sing and whisper to you the wrong lie and he's a thief and a liar but God's voice will actually satisfy your soul I never gave you the point I'm sorry number three he wants to protect you from danger that's why he's saying run away from that most of the time he's going to speak about what's happened in our life past events He's going to pervert your memories of your past, Satan will. And if he doesn't pervert it, he's just going to poison it so it ruins your future. He just wants to keep you stuck. But the voice of God will satisfy our souls and protect us from danger. Verse 9, we'll wrap it up here. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He wants to save us. This word save in the Greek is the Greek word sozo. means to save, deliver, protect, heal, and to make whole. When we hear it in the Western culture and we hear the word saved or salvation, we usually think, oh, I get to go to heaven. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I got my ticket so that when I die... 50 years from now, 80 years from now, however long you tarry on earth, I got a ticket. It's called salvation. You have the wrong concept of it. You're saved right now, this side of eternity. You are being made whole. God is restoring you. Right now, he's redeeming you. You have a foretaste of heaven, and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. And Jesus said, anyone who enters through me will be saved made whole, will be delivered, will be protected. It's a very holistic word. It doesn't mean those who believe in me are going to go to heaven. That's awesome. That's true. That is true. But it's more than that. <laughs> he, he wants to rescue you. They will come in and go out, the people that follow Jesus. So there's like this movement with the Lord. They will come in and go out and find pasture. That's, that's provision. His voice is going to provide for us. The thief 
comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life. Even when I read this, I feel this. And have it to the full. This word life in the Greek means zoe. It's the Greek word zoe. It refers to the quality or the principle of life in the spirit and soul. He doesn't just save you from hell. He wants to give you quality of life right now. And if we keep listening to the stranger that wants us to keep stay stuck in the lies and stuck in our past and keep living out of a wounded heart, he wants to give you his voice that actually restores your heart so that you see differently. When he starts... I wear these glasses. You're blurry if I don't have them. Most Sundays I wear contacts. But when I put them on, everything becomes clear. And when he saves you, it's like he gives you a lens to put over your heart so you can all of a sudden see clearly now. I, will say a, I could say a true statement about God, something like, you can hear God's voice. And if you don't have the right lens and it's blurry to you, that good word actually frustrates you because you can't see it yet. You don't have the lens of heaven. You don't have the shepherd's voice yet. It's a true word. But your ears out of the woundedness and living in the broken and fallen world, we hear that and we're like, oh, I'm frustrated. I want to hear God. Why does he say that? This frustrating. You got the wrong lens. But it, once you start realizing he's come to give you abundant and quality life, now you hear it for what it is. Let me say it, flip it on you. If you say something rude to me, and you have the right lens on your heart, it doesn't rock your world. You could say something offensive, and you can understand, like, from a healed heart, I, I, it's not, I'm not offended. It's an offensive statement, but I'm not offended because I have a healed heart. I, have a, I live out of a heart that's been forgiven so I can forgive. I, I know who I am in my father, so now I can live out of that identity, and now I can respond to all these things coming at me that may be offensive, that may be hard, it may be a struggle, but I got the right lens on my heart now. There's four reasons why God wants to talk to you. One, to give you identity, right? That relationship piece. Two, he wants to give direction and clarity so you can follow him. He, he, he's concerned about your life. He's, in, he's intricately involved with your life. He will lead you. Three, to protect you. The last one is this, to restore you and give you the abundant life. Isn't that what we want? When Jesus says, and to have it to the full, I, I, I've heard one person say it this way, I have come to give life and then more life and then more life and then more life, he's constantly restoring. The shepherd voice is constantly leading us into more quality of life. It's constantly leading us to something better, something more. When you choose to follow Jesus, your life does get 
better. You make better decisions. You live with more peace. I'm not going to say you get more wealthy or more whatever you, we put on it, but I will say better words probably blessed. The voice of the Holy Spirit will satisfy your soul. You will live a blessed life. The thief wants to steal your freedom, kill your heart, destroy your life. That's the devil's business to keep us imprisoned. But Jesus wants to save us, restore us, and heal us, and to be fully alive. Here's where I'll end today. Last week, you had one, you had homework. I probably didn't call it that, but I said, just start asking God to speak. If you've been praying that, he's been speaking. You might not recognize it yet, but we'll talk about that in weeks to come. Here's something new that I want you to do. Here's homework this week. Here's your prayer this week. All I want you to do is ask, Holy Spirit, how do you see me? How do you see me? Jesus, how do you see me? And he may give you a picture. He may give you a phrase. He may give you a direction. He may give you a name. He may give you a memory. He may show you a panoramic picture of something. Why is that important? Because once we see the way God sees and we believe it's true for my life, we are in agreement with what he's saying about us. He knows you by name. He knows every implication of you that you might not even know yet. You may have been listening to the wrong voice and singing the different tune that wasn't God's song over you. So start asking, how do you see me, Lord? Because it'll give you eyes. You'll live more free. That's the abundant life. That's the full life. I have come to give you more life. Not more knowledge of good and evil. Not more to-dos and don'ts. But life, peace, joy. These are the things of the Holy Spirit. All of us want peace. All of us want joy. And this is what God promises. Let's do that now. Close your eyes.